Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm your host this week, Chris, joined as ever by Stu. Hello. And by Tom. Hi. Um, to talk about... <laughs> the trepidation from Tom there with that hello. <laughs> it's like, oh, is it me? Is it my turn? Uh, we're here to talk about what was, I thought, just a really good weekend of motorsport. Mm. Just it was, wasn't it? All very entertaining. Uh, we've got so much to talk about, um, so we'll dive straight in. I mean, I, I guess the first bullet point is qualifying was phenomenally good. Yeah. I wish I'd seen qualifying. I was at a music festival all day, so I didn't see it live. <laughs> and I tried to watch it on my way back, um, having had quite a few shandies. Um, <laughs> so didn't really get to appreciate it in the same way as what you did, Chris. But um, yeah, I could. I, I kind of I caught up with it the next morning. And um, yeah, it looked like a hell of a session. So good. I wish I'd seen it live. It, were, it, it unfolded like pretty much perfectly like we we talk about every year how qualifying is kind of the spectacle of monaco but he's normally it's like a bit of a false bravado like we're saying that because we know that the race is quite processional whereas this year it it really did bring the goods like the back and forth with alonso and max in particular and yeah. the way max was pulling it back on alonso in that final sector is Literally so two corners, two turns, yeah. he got it in. Like, I, yeah. Crazy. Have either of you seen the digital side-by-side that yeah. has been done where yeah. it's basically, it's all in Raskas pretty much. It's mm-hmm. yeah. all just under braking and, and exit of Raskas, more or less. I have, And he was behind, well, he more or less caught him up um, around the swimming pool was it, area. Sw- then, swimming pool was yeah. another big bit for it um, yeah. on the and exit. Then, and then, yeah, Ram Raskas. But then, yeah, those final two, he just yeah. found, like, over, over the course of, like, four corners, he found about four temps. Like, yeah. absolutely yeah. I think insane. it was maybe as much Alonso didn't have the best last sector as Max mm. had a phenomenal last True. sector. I mean, he literally hit the wall coming out of the last corner. Like, that's yeah. how on the edge he was. Yeah. But... Yeah, just I like, do like that about his driving style. Like, he just leaves nothing on the no. table. Like, he knows when he's really got to push it. Yeah. And he yeah. just fully sends it when he does. And it's just balls to the wall, kind of. I I, I don't care if I crash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting this lap. Yeah. Monaco is all about that slow build-up. Like, you add a bit more every single lap as the weekend goes on. And then, yeah. so, he got to Q3 and he sort of... He went to about 101% for that final <laughs> lap. <laughs> yeah, it was 11 temps through there, wasn't it? Yeah. Just the whole session, though, like the focus was on kind of Alonso and Verstappen and Leclerc at times exchanging sectors and you're watching them. Then all of a sudden, Sonoda pops up P1. Like, where did that come from? And then yeah. Ocon would pop up in there. Like, yeah, some well, so many Ocon, big laps. Really surprised at Ocon. Yeah. Like, where has that Alpine yeah. come from? Like, just, yeah. yeah. Suddenly they've got pace. Or, or have they? Because it's Monaco. But. Again, yeah. It's, it's, we'll, we'll get to sort of upgrades and stuff, but it's. It's tough, like so many upgrades, and I don't know if we've learned that much, but we'll we'll get to it. Uh, I guess the big question from the race that we need to ask is: Did Aston Martin throw that race win away? I don't think they did. I don't think they could have. Uh, yeah, beaten them. I think I agree with you. I don't think that. I think did did they have an opportunity to? And if things had played out their way, could they have got the win? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Did they throw it away? No. They did the best that they no. could in the scenario that they yeah. were given. And I think they were going for the win yeah. by doing it that way. I think, I, and I've got time for that. Like they were taking the chance by hoping that the rain was about to stop and they would only have to make the one pit stop. Yeah. yeah. And do they essentially? They they knew they weren't going to lose position, so they could take that gamble. And knowing that the car ahead is going to have to pit again because he was on wets, then yeah, like it, it, it I think that call kind of, it looked strange because to us, like you could see that it wasn't drying out and it wasn't going to dry out and it was it was too much of a risk. But I think it's for them in that moment. I think it's worth that gamble because they're, they're trying to get a race win, and that's the only way they were going to get it. So it made it kind of makes sense to me. But then I I also feel like putting inters on 
at that point was also kind of a gamble in and of itself because at, at the lap Alonso's first pit stop it wasn't fully wet wasn't fully dry and I feel yeah. like the Inters would also have been a gamble and that but I don't know safe, you, what you, is, is this the power of hindsight saying that you think that was a safer gamble though hindsight is very powerful um mm. So like in terms of the actual timing of it, so by by the last time in loop before Alonso pitted for the first time, he'd brought the gap down to 8.1 seconds. Um, and then Verstappen, his next lap was ridiculously slow because that's when it probably started raining. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alonso actually only lost about 10 seconds rather than the normal like 18 or 20 through a pit stop. Um, and then on Alonso's out lap, he made up another six seconds. So... He ended up with like about, in theory, he needed to find like an additional eight seconds if he had have swapped winters to oh, mm. uh, undercut Verstappen. But there's a lot of ifs there, right? Like, yeah, he'd have been driving on a track that wasn't quite ready for inters. He needs to warm the tires up, like based on he needs to preserve the tires as yeah. well because you don't know how long it's going to rain for. Like, yeah. it, there's a lot of what ifs and a lot of sort of variables there isn't there yeah i've seen people who've like analyzed the numbers who've said based on other drivers outlaps he might just about have been able to do it but it would have been borderline i mean christian horner was like yeah we were on the ropes they completely let us off the hook by doing that but then he like he likes a drop of drama doesn't he so i don't know how we should read it yeah i I don't believe that's a typical christian horner statement right there yeah it really is (laughs) yeah um, mm. Yeah, it was a fascinating race. Though. I mean, just the fact that they started on different tyres as well. I think had it stayed dry, it would have been a really interesting climax to the race with their two strategies. Mm. Yeah, um, I think the strategies would have probably converged a little bit towards the yeah, end. They, they yeah. were like away from each other for a lot of it because yeah. Max managed to build that gap on the, on the softer tyre up until that point. I think, it, what was he like... How far ahead was he at the time? At one point, he was a good 12, 14 ahead, I think. It was only in yeah. that, those sort of few laps before the pit stops that Alonso brought it back down again. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But like, regardless of all that, we've got to say it was a phenomenal drive from Verstappen. Like, he managed to take yeah. those mediums for 55 laps, like hanging on in there. Yeah, that must have been. He was all yeah. over the place. He was like barely hanging on to mm. it at times. In fact, he tagged mm. the wall on his in-lap, I think, didn't he? On the way, just before the tunnel. It's crazy. They didn't make it easy for him. No, no, didn't at Not all. at all. Damn impressive, though. Um, I mean, that's that's like heavy win at Monaco, isn't it? Like, Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a, it is a, it's a champion's drive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. There's not many that could have done what he did in the way he did it, for no. sure. Mm, absolutely. 55 laps on mediums. My goodness. Crazy. <laughs> and it was, what I, feel more like, can, I mean, what more is there even to say? Like, I know. It, it, it's, I feel like we're not giving it that much time, but really, like, it was just flawless. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like he was starting to say these tyres are going off by about lap 30, and they just kept being like, no, keep going. Keep, keep, mm. keep on going. You're all right. You can manage this. Yeah. That threat of rain was so poised as well throughout that point. From like around about lap, because I'd been checking out the weather report um, on on one of the apps and you could see it coming. Like the whole time you could see that, like that morning, you, it looked like there was going to be rain sort of halfway through to or towards the end of the race. At some point in the race, it looked like late in the race, there was going to be rain. And um, yeah, I was saying in the in the live chat to the guys, like, it's coming. The rain is coming. <laughs> and um, sure enough, it did. And it just all kicked off at that point, didn't it? It was funny because it was like, there was so much talk of rain. And then it was just about the point you started hearing engineers saying, oh, actually, we think the rain's going to pass now. And then it just came mm. down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those, like, you always you always hear all that talk of rain and you're like, oh, it won't. It won't <laughs> happen. It'll, or, or it'll happen just after the end of the race. But what actually happened was it, it rained on half of that was the other weird thing. I put a photo in the in the group again because it was like literally raining on half of the circuit. Yeah, and, and it didn't come down on any of the parts of the circuit for ages. And I think I think the final couple of corners, I don't think they ever actually got like a no, full they did. proper bit of rain. That was all just what was carried through on there. So yeah, yeah, um, 
weird, weird, weird weather. Yeah. But I, on such a small, short circuit in such a short, small area as well, for only half the circuit <laughs> to be wet is just <laughs> so, so strange. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, like when it comes to big circuits like your Silverstones, your Spas, like that span yeah. kind of square miles you sort of you're used to it you're used it to like yeah. like yeah. a sector or a few corners getting the rain before anything else but when it yeah when it's like a tiny little street circuit that's that's like about as big as a an average housing estate somewhere like it's tiny <laughs> tiny isn't it like yeah it's, it's crazy <laughs> crazy 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 um behind them we had we kind of had a six way fight at times for the final podium spot between the two Mercedes, the two Ferraris, and the two Alpines, who kind of all, well, some of a lot of them looked in the best place for at different times of the race. Ferrari never really did. Um, no. Signs in particular was livid. They kind of botched his strategy. So Signs started on hards and Ocon started on mediums. Signs was all over the back of Ocon for big chunks of the first stint. I mean, he tried to pass him at one point and broke his front wing, which didn't seem to slow him down in the slightest. Mm. Uh, but Ocon came in. Signs was out there on the harder tyres, still seemed fine in clean air, and they brought him in the next lap, which they said was to defend from Hamilton. But yeah, Sin- I mean, I, s- I felt Signs' frustration during that. I think yeah. the radio message was something about like, I don't care about Hamilton. I'm. It was o- it was Ocon who was chasing at the time, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So it was like. Yeah, I don't care about Hamilton. I'm chasing Ocon or, or whatever it was he said. And I felt for him because, yeah, he was right. Because what Ocon had done 32 on the soft and then they literally brought science in from the hard like immediately afterwards. Literally the next lap. Whereas, you know, Alonso, Russell, his teammate Leclerc, Gasly, like they were all doing 40, 50 lap stints on that tyre. He could have gone yeah. for so much longer and potentially done something similar to what Russell and Alonso did, which was kind of eke it out. Well, obviously Alonso did that little stint on the medium, but mm-hmm. like basically tried to eke it out for the rain. And, and obviously they didn't know that at the time, but had they stuck with staying on the hard, that could have been a very different story for science, I think. Do you think they forgot which tyre they had him on? Did you think they, they <laughs> realised they'd put him on hards instead of medium? I mean... <laughs> Knowing Ferrari, like it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if they like, kind of and forgot. today they were like they tried to defend their strategy today as well, and it's just so obviously the wrong yeah. time to pit him. That's the thing like, anyone can see. Like, you know, it doesn't take a genius in analysis to 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 figure out that <laughs> mm. the hard tire is the one you go long on, and the medium yeah. or the softer yeah. tire, the softer compound of the two you're running, is the one you put less time on because it doesn't last as long. <laughs> so yeah. like. The Why indecision in as well. So weird. Like mm-hmm. the amount of times we saw the Ferrari pit crew just walking in and out of the garage. <laughs> like they must have done yeah. miles just going backwards and forwards carrying yeah. tires. Like, yeah. uh, who are they? I think they were trying to fake someone out at that. I don't I don't know who they thought they were trying to fake out, but they were definitely trying to like make stuff. Yeah. Off, they must like, have been I seem the more worried about the Mercedes, but like it's yeah. already at the point in the season for Ferrari where surely the chance of getting a podium is worth risking losing fourth place over like fourth and fifth at this point already makes no difference to Ferrari's season really. But if you've got a chance of getting a podium at Monaco, like of course you're going to go for that. Yeah. And, and ironically in being overprotective of we've got to defend against Hamilton, they've ended up with both Mercedes finishing ahead of him and Mercedes have leapfrogged them in the constructor standards now as a consequence of that. Like, Mm -hmm. In in being so overprotective of that scenario, which is what they were saying that they were doing, they've actually done the exact opposite of what they were trying to achieve. I mean, that yeah. if if anything felt like Ferrari's strategy right there for this season, that is it. Really yeah. strange I mean, for the, for them to come out and say um, we still think it was the right strategy today <laughs> or whatever day it was they said it. Then I mean, that just shows you that someone in the strategy department at Ferrari knows where the bodies are buried, don't they? Because <laughs> yeah. There's that team, that that strategy department is just so just misses the misses the shot. Seems like every time it's like yeah. They, yeah. they don't seem to make strategy the correct strategy decision any time, and their whole raison d'etre is to be 
correct about the <laughs> yeah. strategy and they just get it wrong again and yeah. again and again and again. And yeah, they need to, they need to, they still need to sort this out. This problem was it killed their season last year and it's killing it this season as well. I want to grab a bit of inbox actually while we're talking about this uh, from Ooh. Jeff. Uh, Jeff says, hi guys. Uh, I thought the red team had a revamp in the strategy department over the off season. I'm a little irritated at the end of race double stack, but not as confused as pitting Charles Leclerc on the hard tire so far prior to Max pitting from medium tire. I did notice Charles was slowing on that tire, so either they're worse on deg than we know of, or they just cu- couldn't hide how bad they were in this race. Yeah, I mean that that's a very good point. Like they, they do, they do munch tires. Those two cars. So it could, whether that's driving style or whether that's something inherent in the in the design of the car, or whether it's a little bit of a little bit from column A and a little from could column be. B. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean something that they need to sort this out whatever it they need to sort the strategy department out and they need to sort probably need to sort their deck out as well yeah i will say when they um were setting up that double stack i was like oh here we go this is gonna be yeah. you, you're, you're waiting for the benny hill music to kick in but actually they absolutely nailed it they did a extremely good job of it um yeah. it's just a shame they didn't need to do it well, yeah, they shouldn't have been in the position again, where they were doing that in the first place. But if they were trying to undercut Ocon, then they surely they should have left Science out to take advantage of the clear air and use his tire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if he didn't have any tire to use, then obviously there's some serious issues with that car. So, yeah, very silly. Um, so yeah, we sort of already alluded to it, but most of that kind of six-way fight was sort of pitting to cover each other off. Russell was the only one who actually stayed out and was able to switch from hard straight to inters um which actually put him uh third on the road but he made that mistake on the outlap um yeah. spun into yeah Mirabeau. i didn't see what happened there so like he he just dropped he, it first uh, uh, first time he got to yeah. Mirabeau on his outlap he um hit the brakes and i think the rear just went round on him um and i think he kind of actually yes i think stroll had already gone down the escape road and then Russell kind of ended up following him down there. Uh, and then for good measure, in the process of rejoining, he popped out penalty, into the side of Perez, yeah, which got him a penalty. Yeah. Um, but it was inconsequential anyway, because he finished five seconds ahead of uh, Leclerc. Yeah, the penalty yeah, didn't matter in the end. It was but, like eight yeah. seconds or something ahead. So Costly mistake, though. That did cost him a podium. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He sort of seemed to lose his head a little bit as well. Like You had Toto come on the radio, which felt a bit like he was kind of trying to just talk him down a little bit he was uh, he seemed to rattle himself by making that mistake and then he was mm. sort of trying to get them to engineer swapping places with hamilton to help defend the penalty and stuff and it's sort of, it's just a bit like making him wasn't it yeah mate you just need to you're at monaco here just just, just calm me down yeah, yeah. just kind yeah, of yeah. driving uh yeah. but yeah ocon obviously got a little bit lucky with that russell mistake but either way such a good drive from ocon like really impressive again don't know how much alpine upgrades played a part in that because gasly looked quick as well but um yeah yeah ocon really good apparently ocon made the call to switch to inters himself as well he was like this is the time told the team he was coming in um decisive yeah. that's yeah. what you need that's yeah. exactly what, what you need in that situation having said that though like Alonso was asking for inters, I think, before they put him on the mediums for Yeah, he lap. was. So, like, there is, there is an element, just, just, I know I'm circling back, but there is an element of, like, if you can trust Ocon to make that decision for himself, <laughs> you would expect that a lot Fernando Alonso can make that decision for himself and would also, if he was wrong, very much take responsibility of, I asked for inters and it was the wrong time. Um, but that's racing like you know i think he's got more alonso could have definitely gone for the team a little bit more in the sense of well they put me on mediums i didn't want to be on them blah blah blah. like and i think he's been fairly above that hasn't he from what i've seen but yeah Mm. yeah he's not he's not really done any criticizing exactly at all actually this, this season so far really he's i think i think he would be well i think he probably would be within his rights to to you know question at least like why why they did that but I've, i'm sure like i mean he's a mature guy right like he's he's i don't think 
in this this season with the success they're having in that car, the unexpected success that they're having in that car, I don't think Alonso is going to be saying too much because he knows yeah. he's not in the championship fight. The Red Bull's out of reach for everyone. Yeah. They... Yeah. hopefully we'll finish best of the rest. He's doing everything he can in that car. You know, P2, mm-hmm. Monaco, brilliant result for the team, brilliant result for Alonso. First podium, I think, since 2012. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, he's not going to be kicking off the same way that he was at McLaren. No. Uh, well, well it, it might be once that Honda Power unit comes back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, <laughs> But you saying about it kind of being sort of unexpected success, and I do think we've, we've seen a few times this season, this is maybe an example of it, of just inexperience in that team with the yeah. front runner. Like there's been moments where they've had to make decisions and they're the kind of moments where the likes of Red Bull, Mercedes, you know, they've, they've been there, they've done this, they know how to make the decisions. And I think we've definitely seen a little bit of inexperience from Aston Martin. I noticed that you uh, didn't include Ferrari in that list. I didn't, very deliberately. <laughs> I was talking about uh, good strategy calls, Tom, so didn't quite... Oh, yeah. uh... Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about Sergio Perez? Ooh, the less well, the better, I think. Boy, oh boy. What a weekend to forget for Perez. <sighs> to put it mildly, I mean, that crashing Q- Q1, if there's one thing you don't do in Monaco, it's push it too far in Q1. It's like mm. such a costly error. Desperation. Um, yeah. Was. Gave all the other teams a nice look at the floor of uh, that Red Bull in the process yeah. as well. Sure yeah. they all didn't mind seeing a bit of that. Mm. Um, like he actually, so they pitted him at the end of lap one for hards, presumably to try and just then run the rest of the race on that set of tires as soon as it stayed dry, which actually mm. looked like it was going to potentially work out for him because he caught the back of the pack quite quickly. But then it just all got really messy. Like when Verstappen came through to lap him, you tried to like follow Verstappen through on yeah. stroll and ends up making contact. Then Magnussen was slow out of the chicane and he just ran into the back of him. So he had to pit again for his front wing. Then he got driven into by Russell he hit the wall again before he switched to winters and he was one of the last to switch to winters anyway. So he had like a couple of super slow laps on the slicks. I think he was yeah. in the pits like five times. It was just an oh. absolute disaster. Um, yeah. What a nightmare. We spent a lot of time recently talking about how he's still within touching distance in the championship. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. that gap is looking yeah, it doesn't yeah. Feel like enormous. Was it? Well, it now 39 points? Is it now? I think. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it was 14 before, I think. Yeah. Not um, not an unclimbable mountain, but he's definitely made things a lot harder for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, equally a weekend to get for Stroll. While his teammate was off fighting for the win, Stroll was out in Q2, played bumper cars on the opening lap. He was complaining about brake issues. He said he th- thought he hit the wall at least five times before they eventually retired. Which is not good. <laughs> I mean, hitting hitting the wall repeatedly is not going to do much good for your brakes, is it? So, no. or any part, or any car, bit, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, Miss uh, Aston Martin have got an issue here. I think I'm I'm going to stop you right there and grab another piece of inbox early on, Ooh. which is from Benson, who says, "Hey man, does the form of stroll mean that his father may need to have the chat?" given that Mercedes is only a point behind in the Constructors' Championship now? And if so, who do you think is most likely to replace him, either mid-season or for next season? Ooh, you could get Vettel back. <laughs> imagine what a dream team that would be, oh. those two. I mean, he was there this weekend. He was, he was there. Was he? he was what, with Aston Martin or just, just, uh, in, just general? in general? Uh, just a punter. Yeah, yeah just a punter well, this weekend. I think it's still the case that if you're a world champion, you basically get like a paddock pass for life. So you yeah. just turned up and had a nose around when you want um but yeah, yeah they do they do need to sort of get get his act together i think like you can't have i mean there's usually like a second in between them like you can't have like your second driver when you've got the best car like that there's a very very clear weak link in the chain there isn't there mm-hmm. and it mm. needs to be addressed either by you know stroll suddenly being better or by 
putting a better driver in that car. Let's let's face it. Yeah, I mean, like we've we've actually kind of praised him a fair bit yeah. over the last couple of years. I feel he he is a driver that's improved massively. He's had some really good performances, but he, this year he's sort of fallen back a bit again. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's just when when you're holding holding him up against that talent, then yeah. it's it's oh, I mean. You know, the gap to Vettel was always quite a long, a similar distance as well. So there's definitely, yes, he's improved a lot, but he's not, you know, he's not nothing, nothing like world class compared to, you know, Alonso, yeah, no. Vettel, G. Hamilton, G. Verstappen. He's yeah, never going to be on that level, is he? I think when he was doing okay at the start of the season, there was a bit of a um, kind of a, almost a benefit of doubt because of his, it was a cycling yeah. accident, wasn't it, that where he'd done his wrists. But oh, yeah. I, I assume at this point he's kind of beyond that now and back to where he would normally be. I don't even know to be brutalized with you. <laughs> but it was it was a long time ago now, wasn't it? Was it like Mar- early March, late February or something when he had the accident? Yeah, something like that. Like before the season um, started. So. Yes, because he missed testing, testing, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Which, it does all beg the question, what will it take for Papa Stroll to mm. do something about Pull it? Pull the plug. Yeah, yeah, or at the very least, you know, have the you need to book your ideas up chat because well, you know, Lawrence Stroll is not an idiot. Like he's a no. very, very shrewd businessman. Mm-hmm. He's I don't imagine he's the sort of guy who is led too far by emotion in business. You don't get to where he is no, by being too emotional about your business decisions. You have to be quite pretty cutthroat to get to yeah. where he is, and. It feels like this. There's just this one thing that he maybe is emotional about, and that is making sure his son's got to drive in a Formula <laughs> One car. Yeah, um, but I guess that was before he owned a Formula One team. It's almost like this has yeah. been his way into Formula One, and like now he owns a team. So maybe maybe it is less of an issue now. Maybe he is more prepared to sort of make the difficult decisions around his Formula One team, and you know get the very best drivers in i think it it's probably a sensible thing for him to do it's, a, it's certainly a sensible business decision for a formula one team to have better drivers yeah so, and yeah. i mean that is becoming a more and more attractive team for drivers anyway like yeah this news of but, honda going to them is huge like well we, we've spoken over the last few years a few times about how everything that team is doing is very much putting them in the right direction to be championship contending teams and i think mm-hmm. essentially becoming the honda team like it's gonna be massive for them it's such yeah, a like, such a fantastic business move look at the investment that they that he's put into that team you know they've yeah, got yeah. A, a world-class facility just about built in silverstone they've got um a brand new wind tunnel under construction coming online i think next year um so you know there's some serious 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 cash being spent i think when you're spending that amount of money on your formula one team and and you know you're really this serious about making them into a a championship winning team right that's that's got to be the aim yeah then how long can you have this week this glaring weak link within your team when you spent making all this investment and doing all things you know it's letting down all of that preparation that they're putting in is being is be they're almost having the rug pulled from under them by mm-hmm. one. We I keep saying it, but like one weak link. Like it seems a shame to me to if if that's like if that's gonna cost them all these points and potentially cost them second in the world championship. Mm. Then you know that's that's not good, is it? Twi- like twist if, if for they you. Oh, go on, go on, no, go on, you go for it. Twist for you. They've stolen the Honda power unit from go Red on. Bull. They now poach Daniel Ricciardo from Red Bull, and he becomes <laughs> the driver that sits along Fernando Alonso. Ooh. Thoughts? I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. I'd, I'd like that. That would be a good combo. Because, like, if they all signs are pointing, especially with this Honda deal in twenty twenty six, that they could be a championship contending team by then. I think Alonso, yeah. assuming he's still there, can win them a driver's title. I don't think that pair of drivers can win them a constructor's title. Not unless they have like Mercedes levels of dominance. I just can't see that happening, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult times for Stroll. Yep. Speaking of Both. Mercedes, they've got 
They had upgrades. They've got side pods again. <laughs> um, the team and the drivers all seem very happy with the upgrades. Yeah. Again, really hard to tell from the outside because we've only seen them at Monaco, but signs look good, I think. Yeah. I mean, the gap, the gap in qualifying, yes, you know, it's Monaco, but the gap in qualifying was clearly sort of, they were in the mix, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. They were definitely in the mix, I think. Um I'm impressed by the upgrades. Like the the front suspension is is wild. They're still so I've said in the past that like having push rod or pull rod suspension isn't that novel of a thing for a Formula One car because it's just different configuration of suspension. But actually, like the anti dive thing that they're doing in on the front of the fastest Formula One cars at the moment is really interesting, and that does have quite a big effect on it, depending on your com- configuration, because it allows mm-hmm. you to angle things in different ways in order to maximize the the anti-dive thing so to to take that chassis and do such a drastic suspensions change to it this early in a season as well is pretty amazing it really, is i think like yeah i think when you look at it if you see the two setups side by side and see how drastically different the front end of the mercedes is now um that's definitely you know laudable that they've that they've managed to obviously they've had this in development for a while but to get it onto this chassis to manipulate this chassis to take it is yeah it's um it's they've done a really good job they're really clever mm, yeah. and not only that but like you reconfigure the inside of the same chassis as well yeah the only thing that makes this not a b-spec chassis is the fact that it is the same it's you know it's the same chassis if they changed the chassis configuration this would be a full b yeah yeah b-spec car I will say as well, credit where it's due to you. All season, you've been saying the side pods are a distraction. The suspension is where mm-hmm. the real issues are, and that's where they've done the bulk of the upgrades here. Like, yeah, you, you, you I, I, I was it. saying it. I've been saying it for two seasons. I've been saying it's their yeah. suspension that's the issue. Um, and here we are. Finally, they've <laughs> they've changed it. <laughs> so hopefully, they finally put some good suspension on. Yeah, hopefully I don't go backwards. <laughs> then, then I'll be wrong and it'll be <laughs> embarrassing for me. They've got a great new suspension that only works in Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, McLaren picked up another double points finish. Um, they looked very quick at times. There were periods of the race where they were the fastest cars on track. Um Again, things aren't moving quite as quickly for them, but they're definitely going in the right direction, it feels. Yeah. yeah I did it? like um, Piastri said when it started raining, like, well, basically after they switched to Inters, he ended up behind Verstappen and he just kind of followed Verstappen around and just kind of watched his driving just as kind of mm. a learning experience for a while because he, he actually was faster at the time and sort of caught up to him. But he was yeah. like, there's no way I'm going to try and unlap the leader at Monaco in the rain. That's a disaster way to happen. So he just kind of watched him and sort of tried to learn from the best for a little while which was quite nice i mean um, if you're going to take an opportunity that is one of them isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah a triple crown livery on the mclaren this weekend yeah. worth a shout out that looked look, look, look pretty nice i thought looked it looked very awesome. nice yeah yeah um i preferred some of the individual indycar ones but i liked that they'd kind of tried to do all three in one car for f1 it worked well it's very nice yeah yeah really cool yeah um the last person I've got on this list is Sonoda. I wanted to give him a mention because he he was yeah. so good all weekend. Like his pacing qualifying in particular, it was so good. Was it ninth? I think he started on the grid, mm. which is so good in that car, which is pretty terrible. We think, yeah, for that car, um, yeah. But unfortunately, it he had brake issues. A, it shows you what a level of Monaco is. I think it really yeah. does. Like how all these like performances that stand out, that's just good driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's just good driving. It's just great driving. (laughs) (laughs) They're just innocent, man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Snowden had brake issues, so he fell out of the points, unfortunately for him. Um, Anyone else you guys want to mention before we do some awards? Um, Not that I can think of. No, I've got nothing. Let's, um, Let's have a driver of the day then. Who you got? I think, you, I mean, 
certainly Verstappen is a very he's probably he probably got actual driver of the day. So let's maybe not give it to him because we should do an alternative <laughs> driver of the day that's what they've already dis, what the world has already decided. But um, definitely, obviously, you can't talk about this award at this circuit in these conditions without mentioning the winner of no, the not at all. No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, he. I mean, he killed it, didn't he? And his qualifying was amazing. Yeah, what a show! What a show he put on for us. It was really, yeah. really good. Really, really good effort from Verstappen. Um, Alonso as well. Um, they did keep him honest. I would say, like, it, oh, for you know, sure. if, if there'd yeah. been any slip up, any real slip ups from Verstappen, and there were one or two like small mistakes from Verstappen. Any any bigger mistakes than what he made, then Alonso was always going to be there to to pick up the scraps. So, um, yeah, big shout to Alonso. Um, but Ocon, I think the unexpected sort of the way he held off the two the two Mercedes chasing him and you know under all that pressure and the way just that team worked the strategy to get him where he needed to be and and how decisive he was in the changeable conditions I think um Ocon is probably my shout for driving the day yeah I I, I was going to lean somewhere very similar just to avoid going for the extremely obvious Verstappen vote um like it's a hell of a drive but I think to to get the car where he got it, Ocon in the first place on the grid, because as we always say, qualifying is as much as important as your race performance when it comes yeah. to this. So to get the car there, but then to also have the consistency to stay there despite everything that was going on with the change of conditions yeah. and whatever, that was a was a solid drive for us to ban that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like Ocon for that as well. Just as a side note, I've had the F1 live timing open in a tab this whole time just so I can check like the strategies and stuff. And in the middle of you talking then, it just randomly started playing the F1 theme just <laughs> out of nowhere for no apparent reason. <laughs> so that was quite distracting. Uh, move of the day. Mm. I've got one written down that stood out to me and I'm struggling to remember any more... The fact that that's the one I remember makes me think that was maybe the best, which was Magnussen on Sargent into Mirabeau uh, pretty early on in the race. Was every, that was every that one on Logan Sargent? Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, was that the one that was elbows out with a bit of contact, or was that Hulkenberg? Because both Hasses had him through there, didn't they? Hulkenberg was the messy contact one. Okay. Um, that's Magnuson fine. Then. One was pretty clean. <laughs> that's fine. As long as it's not the contact one. <laughs> Oh, it's the one before the um, hairpin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the round before the hairpin. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a mighty move, actually. I think both yeah. of them were pretty good moves. I think the the uh, the Hulkenberg one where there was a bit of wheel banging. Um, Sergeant was on the radio complaining about it, asking, you know, "What was that?" But I'm afraid it's an overtake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you've that got was. racing. That's it, what that is. If you're going to make something work in Monaco, you're going to have to get pretty elbows out. So you, yeah. you've got to expect that. Um, I just, yeah. yeah, if we're going to give it one, I'd rather give it the cleaner one of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I prefer, but I think that the, the thing is, like, what, once that move's happened to him, then he's going to be wary of everyone else doing it. And he's, yeah. he's going to be more aware of, you know, he. it was as much Sergeant turning in on Hulkenberg as it was Hulkenberg breaking yeah. late. So um, I don't... I, it's much of a muchness to me. They're both great moves. Um, I'm happy to give it to Magnussen, but I think I don't think the Magnussen move is as easy if Hulkenberg hasn't already done it. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I yeah, see that. yeah, that's fair. And then final award. Oh yeah, I need to. Be, I need to be ready for this one. I apologise. <laughs> Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Oof. I mean, I mean, this is, this Se- is Sergio <laughs> Perez just trying to crash into anything and everything he got anywhere near has got to be at least worth a mention like yeah just his racecraft this weekend had me pretty much wtf in like what is he doing like yeah he was like watching a different driver like he yeah. just seemed to lose his head completely it it was like they'd given like a an amateur or semi-pro spot at the back of the grid as like a Ooh. invitational that's how bad it felt <laughs> compared to it. yeah <laughs> yeah and even just like crashing in Q1 was like just such a silly thing to do. Um, that I've seen the word Ferrari in the chat. I mean, that's mm. kind of. I'm just waiting for McCheco's name to pop up in the chat. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't joined us this week. You, you know why? You know why um, McCheco's not here live this week? He, he knows what's coming. Yeah. Um, um, 
<laughs> We've had quite a lot of calls for non-F1 <laughs> nominations this week. Um, I, mean, I don't know if you guys saw the Formula 2 um, very near miss, uh, which was... I've seen a photo, but I've not seen the actual... Yes, yeah, so after I think it was do and crashed at... Um, is it Massonet at the top of the hill? Um, mm. Which is obviously a blind corner. Um, and the marshals are around the car. And Victor Martin basically just ignored a bunch of yellow flags and went steaming in there and literally missed a marshal by inches. It was wow. very scary. I think he got given, if not a stop go, then a drive-through penalty for it. It was mm. yeah, really, really bad. And I, I imagine post-race, he'll probably have had a very stern talking to. I mean, if we um, are going outside F1, but this weekend related, I've got two. Go on, then. They're both Indy 500 related. So <laughs> yeah, I thought the they American would be, contingency yeah. can, can either love or hate this. One, a flipping wheel flying over an entire stand of people yeah. and smashing oh, someone's car to pieces. God. What terrifying. And well, two, bouncing off a roof of a building well, and yeah, then hitting a and car, then hitting car yeah. to pieces. That's how much energy it was, isn't it? It did all that damage to the car. <laughs> it had already bounced off a roof. Yeah. Two, the general pit stop capabilities of any driver in IndyCar. Like, <laughs> the number of drivers that pulled out of their pit box and got tank slappers on and either wiped out somebody else or nearly wiped out a crew member from another team. There must have been about yeah, four or five hard. of them. Easy. There was the one guy who pulled into the wrong pit box and then pulled back out, whacked yes. a tyre. <laughs> and then went back in. Yeah, the number of bouncing tires and guys trying to yeah, pull them the, back the, in, and yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that was really dangerous. That Just, one, the, the one with the loose wheel. And if if someone's driving down there and they hit it, that wheel's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeeted down the track. So yep, yeah, there was there was some wild thing. But the one, the crazy, the really crazy one I thought in um in the IndyCar was the, the I think it was Palau maybe. Oh no, it's V VK. Oh, VK hit below, uh, yeah. Yeah, he hit below yeah, and wiped him out. Below, yeah, yeah. What? So <laughs> yeah. bad. Just so it's they awful. were all losing it. It's because you know why it is. It's because they put weight on the front left, so yeah. the, the the cars are asymmetrically set up. Yeah. So they put all the weight on the front left to to help with tire wear and um and grip and just make it a more drivable car through the series of repeated left handers that they do. <laughs> and yeah, that when you're when you're sort of got the rear wheels all loose and and you're pulling out like that it just makes it want to turn left yeah <laughs> it's really 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 sketchy paul in the chat also suggested indycar take in as long to do the last 15 laps as it took to do the previous 185 <laughs> yeah there is that too <laughs> true um i, I think like if it, that actually i'll take that yeah it's either that or we keep it f1 and just say perez his whole weekend <laughs> What, I mean, what, if we're keeping it F1, then we'll go Perez, but... With yeah. an honorary mention for... Honorary mention. In, Indy yeah. Car 500 yeah. in general this year. Yeah. <laughs> Indy 500 shenanigans. <laughs> um, predictions, do you want to take us through some preds, Tom? I mean, I can. There's not much to say for us, I must say. The, <laughs> the only thing that we got between the three of us was you getting 18 finishes, Chris, so well done there. Um Better weekend, much better weekend for the listenership, though. We got three people who got four points, so all very, very close to a prize there. Um, David Hammond, Lee Bevelander, and Mitchell Sandy all got four points with slightly different combinations, but um, obviously a clean sweep of Verstappen qualifier winner. And yeah. number of finishes is the the key thing amongst most people scoring highly um, this week. Uh, one of those weeks where through Many, many different combinations. About 200 and something people scored points again. So well done nice. to all you. Um, and then in hindsight, the, Stroll yeah. being first DNF seems really obvious, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know why none of us said it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. There was once a time where we went through every every race, every season, and at least one of us said Stroll for first DNF. So maybe we've reached the point where we think too highly uh, of him. <laughs> after this performance. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, over in the standings, that actually leaves us with a three-way tie for first place between Ash Foster Ooh. Benjamin Claxton and Lee Scott, who are all on exactly 13 points at this point in the season. So very tight at the top there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, quick shout out in terms of fantasy results. So um, another nick in the wall was a, uh, a very interesting team name in this week's winner. <laughs> 
for Monaco <laughs> itself. Um, but uh, the Spinquisition still sits at the top of the overall leaderboard on the official F1 fantasy. Um, when it comes to grid rival, uh, two adult, two person is this week's winner, but uh, Fester F1 stays at the top overall. And if you want to get involved in any of all that, which we'll probably come back to in a minute, head to backthegrid.com, sign up for predictions and hit the links for official F1 fantasy and grid rival fantasy. It's all on there. Whew. Very well done, Tom. Nice. I'll be doing it again in a minute when we've done storylines for Spain. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, move on to Spain. Delete them. Delete them. I didn't touch them. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Storylines leading into Spain before we make some predictions. So um, my first one is finally a proper, in the words of Christian Horner, racetrack. And <laughs> decent weather to go with it as well. We're going to have a normal Formula One weekend. They're not, they're not messing with the format or anything like that. In theory, this should be just your classic, your OG Formula One setup that we all know and OG. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's all just take a moment to appreciate that and and how nice that's going to be. <laughs> just have a normal Formula One weekend. I can't wait. Uh, my next storyline is: Can Mercedes unlock more performance from their upgraded car, and will they bring yet more upgrades for Spain? Um, with other teams, like it feels like a lot of them have not brought every, like the the ones that were bringing upgrades haven't necessarily brought the whole package. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Mercedes have got a little bit more up their sleeve that they could show in um, in Spain. Uh, which leads into the next one for Aston Martin. They do have new parts to throw on the car in um, in Spain. They they did exactly that. They brought some stuff for um, that was meant for Emilia Romagna. They brought. The ones that made sense, they brought for Monaco, but the ones that didn't, they left off the car. So mm-hmm. expect to see um, some performance gain, hopefully, from Aston. They need it because um, Mercedes are very much yeah, nipping at the heels. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, Ferrari, um, they also have a decent upgrade package for Spain, and um, they will be seriously hoping not to slip back to four fast after a disappointing Monaco. Mm-hmm. And uh, my final one for this week is, will Monaco... Sorry, will Red Bull <laughs> will Red Bull bring anything new in order to help maintain their dominance at a circuit where I would expect them to be untouchable regardless of where they qualify? They should be. Should. Yeah. They, that, they are going to be a very difficult team to beat, I think, in, yeah. in Spain. One yeah. little final side point just of interest as well. Uh, last year, Spain was the first place we saw um, young drivers in FP1, so there's a good chance we'll see. Some teams do the same this year. Yeah. When, when it's a circuit, the drivers know and stuff, it makes sense. Yeah. It? That is, that's yeah, generally it, the logic. Although they have depends. changed the layout this year, haven't they? So I guess True. it's not they're not quite yeah. as well. They won't be not got the clumsy chicane anymore. Thankfully. Yeah, no final chicane. Yeah. I can't I'm really excited to see I mean that's gonna shave so much time off the lap time as well. Yeah. I'm excited to see um how yeah. these cars handle it and which car you, you really will through that final corner now you're going to see which cars have got, you know, which cars have got the goods and which haven't, because that yeah. is a rapid corner. It's going to be a mighty so, corner. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really good. Um, yeah, and that's it for this week. So, um, for storylines. So, <laughs> um, I thought you were leading us out then. I was like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, shall we do some predictions? Got to do some predictions Let's for this predictions. now. Right. Okay. Fastest. I'm gonna go in straight away oh, go and on. say you do Verstappen, it. Verstappen, Verstappen for fastest. Oh wow! Okay, I'm just doing it. I've, we've reached that point where it just makes sense. Do you have anything different to add here, Chris? That is my main question. I don't. It's boring, but I do think he's just going to dominate this weekend. Honestly, yeah, I've done done the same thing. So, okay, so let's move swiftly straight on to first DNF. Where's everyone going here? <laughs> Anyone want to dive Lance in Stroll. first? Uh, so, Why not Lance Stroll? Harking back to our previous conversation, Lance Stroll for you. Um, yeah. Oh. I'm going to just for default mode. I need some points. <laughs> so. um, oh, I'm going to be really horrible and say science. You know, I, you know what I'm like. Ugh. I'm that kind Ugh. of cr- I'm that cruel guy. I'm not doing it to Alonso. I'm not doing it to Alonso. I could have said Alonso, but I'm not. I'm saying science. <laughs> How about you, Chris? I'm going to roll the dice and say nobody. Nice. 
that's legitimate option, Le- legitimate mm-hmm. strategy yeah, option for everyone out there that doesn't realise. You can pick none and have 20 finishes, should you wish. And I am going to follow through and say 20 finishes as well. He's money-mouthing. No, no, he's no, money- no hedging of bets. Oh, wow. Money-mouthing right there. Oh, my there. goodness. Okay, so 20 if finishes. If you have 18 in Monaco, surely we can get 20 in Spain. Well, we, yeah. it's not that I long think... since we had 20 in Monaco, is it? So Actually, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think 18 finishes at this one. Oh, that's kind of where I was going. I'm just going to... Go in between you both and say 19. Science will just find a gravel trap somewhere. He'll go, he'll go to default mode, find a gravel trap, and that's it. That's the only thing we see this weekend. Right, who's the random driver? We've rattled through this one for once. Be. It is for this. Alexander Albon. Ooh. A man on good form in late. And Williams say. isn't as bad as what... It seems, I don't think, as well. Like, it's yeah. Like, oh, he's definitely not as bad as the Alpha Tower, I don't think, <laughs> generally yeah. speaking. I mean, yeah. it depends who's behind the wheel, doesn't it, unfortunately, with both those yeah, teams. Yeah, true, very there. true. Um, should we have a look at his... Albon's finishes this season have been 10th, two retirements, a 12th, and two 14ths. I'm going to go 13th. Okay, it's nice and easy. I'm going to go a little better than that and say he's going to be like 12th. I'm going to go 12th. I'm going to go a chunk worse and say 15th. Interesting. Nice spread. I like it. Nice. So it's def- looking at that, it's definitely going to be... 14th. 14, yeah, <laughs> right in between what we've all said. Yeah. Or first DNF or something. <laughs> Just screw <laughs> us all. But yeah, that is it. So that is our predictions for this weekend's race. Uh, if you'd like to get involved, head to backofthegrid.com, as we mentioned before. Register if you're new or sign into your old account if you're not. Always worth doing every week because anyone who manages five out of five across the board wins a prize, no matter how many times you've entered before and no matter which week of the season it is. Uh, and as I said earlier, there's also links there to the fantasy leagues if you want to join either of those with any existing teams. So feel free to do that as well. Inbox. Inbox. Let's. Keep it saying now. Stay, stay What's left of the inbox? Because we've already yeah, we've taken at least two of quite a chunk of it. Yeah, if not more. Um. Let's start with um, Michelle's question, which is, is Logan underperforming or is that in that car or is Alex overperforming? Ooh. Bit of both. I think he's probably Maybe. somewhere in the middle, yeah. Um, like Al- Albon is driving very well this season, I think. Yes. Um, Logan, he's sort of had his moments, but for the most part, he's still a, a good chunk of time off Albon. So we want to see that gap shrinking as the season goes on. Yeah. Especially for an American driver. So you want to see an American driver doing well, especially when we've got like definitely next, what four races in the state. <laughs> so, yeah. Who knows if any by next year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next one. Next one uh, from Stephen H. Just how consequential was Perez's crash in qualifying? Not only did he basically ruin his title chances, even mm. worse was him giving everyone a view up the skirt, Christian's words, of the RB19. Um, oh, that's a gross analogy. Will the other teams, yeah. especially for Mercedes, be able to capitalise on this relatively soon, assuming they saw something interesting? Like, How, how much do we think them seeing the floor of that car is actually going to be able to help the other teams catch up? not necessarily catch up but at least understand what red bull are attempting to some degree like yeah that's 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 the bit that's always the most secretive isn't it in when it comes to aerodynamics like it's the hardest bit to generally get an opportunity to see like you can see wings mm-hmm. you can see side pods or lack thereof you, you know you can see all those kind of elements and get a rough idea but that that's the only opportunity you get to see like a, a true look at what someone's doing with the floor and where they're trying to force airflow and and what they're trying to achieve with it. So put that in front of an aerodynamicist and, yeah, they can probably say, okay, I see what they're doing different to us. That will work for us if we do something similar or it's completely against our philosophy. We need to 
like ignore it. Like it's that's literally what they're paid to do. There's a whole team of people paid to probably analyze that and see if there is anything they can take from it, but also not compromise their own philosophy and what they're already doing. So, and that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? It's not like you can just like, even if you could study that picture and that footage enough to perfectly copy it, it still doesn't mean you're going to then be as fast as the Red Bull because exactly everything that goes under the floor is dictated by what comes from the front wing and how it interacts with the airflow over the top of the car. And like, there's so many different factors at play, like how the yeah. air goes through the front suspension geometry, like, and and what it's it, not as simple as just copy floor, be fast. Exactly, and what it can what it can do is it can maybe answer some questions that teams have about interesting airflow choices that they can see visually from the front of the car on a regular basis and try you know like piecing together like a, okay I think we we understand what they're doing there and here's the proof in the pudding because we've seen the floor and we've seen where that is going but I think that's that's as much as it does it answers questions that were maybe just question marked from things that they're doing above the floor and maybe give some teams some like slight answers and ideas of what they can do under the floor. But no one's going to, like you say, copy paste that and suddenly be <laughs> winning races next to Red Bull. No. It just doesn't work like that, does it? Yeah. Well, it's all about, again, it's all about how it works with the suspension as well. Yeah. When you look at the, um, a, a, the, the engineers can probably look at the, the plank and see where the wear is on the plank. And they then from mm. that, they're figuring out like where the center of pressure underneath the car is and how that is, you know, the where wherever the most wear on the plank is obviously where the center of pressure remains. And you want that center of pressure to be usually as central as possible to spread the grip evenly across all four tires to get the maximum out of all four tires. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's it is a, it, they're, they're interesting photos. I think there is a lot of information there to be gleaned from the aerodynamics. I think a lot of people will be rubbing their hands together reading it, but yeah, like you said, I don't think that you're going to copy the floor. First of all, you, you wouldn't be able to take, accurate enough measurements no, to not at all. properly copy the floor from those kinds of photos because um, you don't really get in the proper depth but also um it's yeah everyone's got different philosophies it's not just gonna it's just not gonna translate to to particular cars but yeah you can take ideas from it and you can get a better understanding of how they're working definitely yeah. And a bit of a hypothetical one to end on here. Alex Woodward says, Hey man, curious to hear your thoughts on who would be the top three drivers in the championship were they to have a stock car. I personally would say Max, Alonso and Norris. I assume that's um, a, a stock spec Formula One car and not a stock car, meaning that's <laughs> yeah, a car. I mean, like, yeah. Do they mean like a spec car, don't they? Yeah, yeah probably. Like more, more to the standards of what, say, IndyCar is. Um, yeah, well, it's like if you put them all in a F2 car, who would be quickest? Yeah. That's, if yeah. you put them all in the same car with the same setup, who do you think would be quickest? Yeah. yeah I, I, I would say definitely Max. I'd say Lewis. Alonso or Norris. I'd say Alonso. Alonso, Hamilton and Verstappen, that's my three. Yeah, I think... It's a boring answer, but... <laughs> I, I think it's a little early to write Hamilton off being out of those top three if they yeah, all had yeah. the machine, same machinery. Um, sounds like a bit of a Verstappen fans message. I, I, I think he's a Norris fans message to us who wants like a new Brit <laughs> Supreme, <laughs> which I'm all down for. But yeah, I think in reality, Norris in my top five, but probably not in my top three as much as I love the guy and I support him. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with the general consensus that it's Max, Hamilton and Alonso. Yeah, probably. Probably that. <laughs> probably. Alrighty. I think that about does us for this week. That was that was a surprising amount to pack into a Monaco episode. We're normally struggling for more than two bullet points for a Monaco race, but that was a that was an extremely good one. Mm. So I'll try and do all the things now. Thank mm. you all as ever for for listening. Uh, you can get in touch with us through Facebook, Twitter, all of those things. Backofthegrid.com to see where you did in the Predictions League. Sign up for Spain if you've never played before. It's always worth doing. Uh, you have until the beginning of Q1 to get your predictions in. Uh, it's not a sprint or anything, is it? It's just a normal weekend. Just so a normal just, weekend. Just no weekend. normal Q1 deadline. Um, we are also on YouTube now if you want to 
see us actually saying the words we say, you can go and do those. Um, you can also see little clips of us on YouTube shorts and all that kind of thing. Um, leave us a comment, uh, subscribe, all of that good stuff for you there. Uh, leave us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. That'd be cool as well. We never ask for that, but um, it's always nice to see nice reviews come in. So feel free to drop one in if you like what you hear. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything I need to mention. Uh, and thank you to all of our patrons, as always. Um, of course. And do sign up. If, if you want to support the show and um, you like what you're listening to or watching, then please do sign up to the patron. Um, it does help us a lot uh, with the production of the show. So Yeah. And you get to hang out with um, our lovely little Discord community who are all very nice people. Yeah, and they're all in the chat right now. Yes, talking about something else entirely, not even listening to what we're saying. (laughs) So we can probably wrap the show up at this point. They're literally just debating who's got the best points in Predictions League and and where they've got (laughs) the points. So they're not even listening to us at this point. (laughs) Alrighty, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We'll be back in a week's time to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. But until then, goodbye. Bye, Bye, everyone.